Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to Roll the Roost podcast. My name is Raj Burns, which I forgot for a second then. Which yeah, it took a while there, mate. Shows you what type of day it's been. Um, I'm joined by Sebastian Safabar. How are you, Seb? I'm good, Raj. Um, I'll try this time, Seb, to not fuck up the edit so that we're like... I, I didn't listen back to it because sort of once people tell you it's you've you know fucked it up a bit, you, you don't want to go back and then put yourself through it. It's sort of going... You know, and then, of course. Yeah. You, your mum's been run over. Do you want to see a face? It's like, no, I'm all right, sir. Um, yeah, I'll take your word for it. I'd say, you know, your mum being run over somewhat worse than a podcast being edited badly, but you understand. Uh, um, Jack, Hussey, back from the dead. You are here. Bang. Um, How are you? Yeah. I'm very good, thank you. Newly thank you, engaged, Jack Hussey. He is, I know. What's wrong with her? You know what? What exactly did you do? How much money did would you offer? Are there any other jokes we can make? Seb? was she drugged? Uh, I will make on air. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dodgy don't, don't know about that one. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, You're talking uh, misses, mate. What's happened there, Seb? What have I done? No, no. I was. Were you just doing some banter? What newly engaged character? With a another character that occasionally on the ruler is we play about with a little bit. That's as far as I'm going with that explanation. So you're going problematic, mate. Seriously, you, you've you've made an in joke so complex that the people you're trying to make it to don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, but you should see you you, you should... to myself though. It's all worth <laughs> it. Um, how did you? You haven't actually told us the story of how you proposed, Jack. How did you? Did you get down on one knee? Did you? Was it the full shebang? Was it, you know, in public? Is it, you know, because I thought you might have passed up a couple of opportunities because you'd been to Paris and Iceland recently and I thought, come on, Hot Spring or, or you know, Eiffel Tower, one of them, but no, he does it. Where were you at home or how, how was it done? Well, see, the, the points you touched on there, like the holidays, I don't know what it is. It's like this, I guess, this weird, stubborn about me where I don't want to be seen to be predictable even though I you know most people are predictable um, especially me uh, Did you, so was it all part of a long con then were you trying to string her along so she sat there in like Iceland going I swear he's going to do it now he didn't do it in Paris maybe he's like plucked up the courage he's going to do it now it's been a few years you just don't do it and she's it's never going to fucking happen and then bang you do it sort of Tuesday afternoon Pretty much, yeah. It was it genuinely? It, it it wasn't far off of that. Yeah, I uh, had the yeah because I'd worked like basically I'd worked to 
three weeks alongside one another, including the weekends. And I, so I managed to get like a Friday off. She works about 10 minutes from where we live. So I was just like, come home for lunch, you know, I'll whatever, make us something nice to eat because um, I've got the day off and so on and so forth. Cock sandwich. And then it way. <laughs> big, big sausage pizza. Um, You're a vegetarian, Jack. Don't be so rude. So, well, I, no, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, uh, I'm on chicken nowadays. But you're on chicken now. Uh, <laughs> you give it up, fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to that. Nando's one too many times for you to be a vegetarian. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian in spirit. Oh I'm Jesus. A I'm a conscientious meat eater, carnival. Oh. Um, but you know, so you know, I, I just I got a load of <laughs> flowers and balloons and all that stuff at home, and yeah, uh, popped the question. It, it went to plan. Uh, she said yes. Um, did you cry? No, of course. Come on, of course she didn't. No, did, no I was on about you, mate. I know she won. She's double yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was on the verge, mate. I was genuinely on the verge. Darla, this is this is like, and she was so like after she's like, I'm sorry we're in the moment and everything, but like this is peak Charlotte, and this is like this is this is just perfect in respect that like you know I, I had this little whatever silly little thing that I said to her and so on and so forth. And she said yes, gave a big hug and a kiss, and it was all happy. And then not even as a joke, she then just like she was like, ah, oh, oh. so what's for lunch then? You know what I mean? And that that was it. That's what she. Uh, I was expecting at least a pissy laugh from that guy. So I'm not going to lie. Oh, bless. Um, but yeah, she just wanted to know what was for lunch and then <laughs> went, went back to work. Um, oh, bless. So there you go. Oh, very, yeah, but it was very good. happy for you, mate. That's no, a very lovely story, that. Cool. Poor her, though. Well, we, and then we went away on the weekend. Um, All right, mate. We're fucking tired of this story already, mate. Wow. Just, well, mate. To be honest, th- th- then you played nine and a half at Pro Evo with me. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, you're ruining it. That was actually his favourite part. <laughs> of the He's kicking her out the door. In your lunch oven, love. Come on, I've got things to be doing. Mate, I'm, I'm absolutely not having you redacting me from your your engagement story. I am part of this forever. However. I'd, I'd Seb on hold, just he was listening in the background. Like, <laughs> a man who's been through no. a, a few proposals in his time, give you a few pointers. No, no, no. <laughs> we went. <laughs> <laughs> I love how quickly you shut these down. Now you're just like, no, 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 not doing that at all. No, no, um, no. But yeah, we, then we went to. I'd, I'd also put us on top of this, like the surprise trip to Worthing. We went to. Went to wherever because it's you know wherever it's one of our, our places and all that shit. But down there, there's a uh, there's a like a, an incredible little like 1900s. If anyone goes to Worthing or surrounding area, check out the Dome Cinema if you do like films because there's this it, it's it's preserved. It's an independent cinema and it's preserved to its original like 1900 stylings. The ticket booth is at the front of house before you go into the cinema. Buy tickets, you go in, and it, it's just, it's incredible. Um, if you're black, you have a look at the Dome Cinema. And well, no, what I did is I, I contacted them a few weeks ago, sort of knowing, well, not knowing, but knowing that this was going to happen and hoping, obviously, that she'd say yes, and she wasn't just going to have a meltdown at the point of me asking. And <laughs> <something> <laughs> <like that. laughs> 
And knowing how neurotic you were, how many times has it been through your head, like, the worst-case scenario? How many times had, like, you had a sleepless night the night before thinking she's going to say no or she's going to walk back out and go back to work as soon as I ask? Well, this is it, mate, because everyone's like, oh, you've been together ages, like, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly my point, that she's going to suddenly be like, I've been with this guy since I I was 22, and now what am I saddled with? Like, this bloated... Miserable malcontent that's <laughs> basically a functioning alcoholic. No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't want to go down this route for the rest of my life. I've done that, my that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know. So uh, I mean, he's he's only thirty-one, and you can barely muster an erection as it is. So it's <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to back to the cinema bit. I'm I'd, sure I'd, you're I'd the world on, on, on birthdays and Christmases. To <laughs> to uh, to basically, play, I made like a video because you know it's obviously my professional make little videos and things. As I as you know, YouTube. What is it? Was it a Tetrunks top ITK yes, about, yeah. about the Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the OG scapegoat. <laughs> Basically, I made this little cheesy video of all these pictures and of all our moments and so on and so forth and got them to project it on the screen before I tricked to said we're going to go and watch the film, but that that came on into the screen. There's only us in there in this antique cinema. Nice thing. And friend of the show, big shout out to Blair Dunlop, who uh, recorded a song especially for it, for it as well. So thank you very much, Blair. It's a, very touching moment, and uh, you, you helped make that, mate. What so, song uh, was it? Sorry? What song was it? It was a cover of, um, and I know you're going to go on music Nazi about it, but, you know, this is Nasty it. Nasty right? Girl it by cover... No, a song called She's Got You High by Mumra from the soundtrack of 500 Days of Summer. I love that film. That yeah. Good film, nice, nice song. But he did a nice little acoustic version of the song, just because it was a, I don't know, the song was quite, I don't know, it was in the collective consciousness of when we got together, and just reminds us of early days gone by and blah blah. Is it this a, is far. Is, is it in a contender? Can I kind of sound back into a lad now? Is it contender for first dance? That uh, Jack. No, 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 no. I think I joked with her that we should play the uh, Beauty and the Beast song. <laughs> you know, the, uh, <laughs> but I just think that'd be quite funny, right? Like, for the guests. <laughs> so, you know. Um I thought that'd be quite good, but yeah. Right, look on this can we go lads lads full lads bands yeah. now. Uh, during that weekend away we got smashed by Liverpool, how was that? In in a weird way, right? I know it's as easy for me to say as someone that didn't travel up to Liverpool before I incur the wrath of people. But there's almost a bit of you that wouldn't want it any other way, right? It's almost like a person <laughs> being completely and utterly disappointing, which, you know. But no, we were, we were shy, weren't we? We were awful. Um, it was sort of reminiscent of that City game where we should have lost by more. I mean, still, I, I can't believe we got out of that City game with anything other than sort of a 5 or 6 nil defeat. Um but we were just unable to pull that same trick twice. I think was it? Did you see it the same way, Seb? Because I'm not too sure. There's there's too many people that have a, a flattering view of what occurred on that afternoon. Yeah, it was hopeless. It was. Uh, what do you mean the the city game before or the no Liverpool the Liverpool one? one? Oh no, that was hopeless, mate. There's no redeeming features to it whatsoever. Um, 
like badly coached performance. A lot of players were just. I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to separate the um, the the eleven performances from the sort of the what was quite obviously a, like a, a flawed game plan. Um, why why did the high line? I don't I don't understand it when the defense was weak as it was. It just I seemed think like against Mane of all players. I want to say Jack that I mean I I, I sort of. I think it was. I, mean, I I I can't be sure that we, we it was intended as a high line. I think that um, I think it ended up being that way. But it seemed to be that the kind of the uncertainty between those four players created this sort of not really a line at all, but a kind of wiggly zigzag, um, and that tends not to end well. Um, and yeah, I, and also I mean I, I think um, as time's gone on, I've got a little less angry about the. Um, the uh, the high line and a little bit more concerned about the way we kept the ball in midfield and the lack of any output whatsoever from our attacking players. I mean, uh, we had a, a good chance in the first half, which Son inevitably didn't take, um, which he would have done if we were 3-0 up at home to Swansea. But, you know, what can you do? Um, and, yeah, I just think it was rotten all the way through the team. Um, which is, uh, apart from Lloris, who, that, what's been lost in this is Lloris's save from what would have been Mane's hat trick goal, yeah. that is, that's one of the best saves I've ever seen him make. Um, it's just so sad that it's um, that it came in a game where it just ultimately was pretty incidental. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing there's nothing good to be said about it. It's not it's not really any conclusions to draw either. Than it was shit. Every with everything that could have gone wrong went wrong from the first minute as well. And yeah, I think they'd they'd, um, they'd lost that game before they'd even set foot on the field. I think yeah, I agree. Set, set up to yeah. fail. Um, I think yeah. it's one of um, one of Pochettino's worst games as coach of the club, and there have been oh. very few, in fairness. And sort of um, in saying that, it's not sort of you know, <sighs> it's not doubting the coach, but it's you know, you've got to admit there are flaws there present. If, we, if there's no such thing as a flawless team, even Chelsea have got cracks and things, and they're by far the best team in the league, and they may as well have the trophy parade now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he's a, he's a young manager and this is a young squad and there are going to be things for them to learn and sort of I think it was sort of naivety and and misplaced sort of enthusiasm a similar story to what caught us out at Wembley against Monaco I think um, in that he is so so full of belief for the system and the plays he has which isn't a bad thing um, that he sets them out to to play in one manner and one manner only which. It's different, I think, to tactically only having one plan because I, th- I think that's misplaced, especially with sort of the, the shifts he's made this season. I think his mentality is something that is that is less sort of uh, malleable than than his tactics are um, because he, he does just want to go and run teams off the park and completely, um, you know, overrun them home or away and, and be the best side and play, you know, one particular brand of football. Um, and there is some begrudging admiration to be had for that, especially when you're turning teams over at home or you're putting in performances like that. Chelsea 2-0. But away at, at Liverpool, a team that we've watched for 
a month going on two, be frustrated and lose game after game to, to teams that have just sat back a little bit. They've not parked mm-hmm. the bus. They've just sat back a little bit. Let them come into them for sort of half an hour, 40 minutes, and then Liverpool lose their head. They lose their patience. They're sort of, their organisation goes to pot. They start trying things they shouldn't do and, and forcing the issue early because their confidence is low and sort of they're, they're worried about what's going to happen. And inevitably, if you break against them, you, you will score. And, I mean, we, we don't have the greatest pace in the world, but we have, you know, an intelligent enough set of players on the field with, with Kane and Ericsson and, and even Son and Deli Ali to hurt them when we're going away. I mean, it was just this a is, wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong way to play them. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, wrong. This is one of the things I've, I've noticed, like, since, so a lot of the reaction has been since. And this isn't just, you know, whatever fans react the way they're going to react. But I'm talking like kind of like press, you know, I think Jamie Carragher's had a dig about it. Um, I think it was maybe Henry Winter or someone else was having a kind of dig about Pochettino failing against the big teams. And this seems to be a sort of like a prevailing falsity at the moment because I, I, I heard this quite a few times after the Liverpool game. And there was even that part of me and myself that was thinking like, does he, does he fuck up against the big teams? I'm not so sure he does because I know we, all right, we've been City a couple of times, we've had Chelsea, but... Then when you start to keep, you know, you think about more and more of the big teams you play, I was thinking, well, this isn't actually true. And James Moore, I don't know if you saw yesterday, he compiled, like, basically, you know, a little league table of the top six, all their games against one another. And lo and behold, Spurs are second in that table. Um, Man City are by far the team that performs worst against the top six teams. I think we, uh, had, we have only won one you, so you, during that period, I think. Don't you have to contextualise this as well, guys, is because things like, I mean, uh, the, the City game, for example, uh, yeah, Tottenham got a point, and actually, if you hadn't watched the game and you just looked at the result, you'd say that is a pretty good result. But we all know that it, it was, it, it, it's not necessarily the way what they come out of a game with, although ultimately it was at Anfield, but just the way they play, it's the, the, the kind of the, the, the sort of the, the confidence and the approach to the side seems to go to absolute pieces in these occasions. This is it, though, but it's, it's to a degree that, but what I think is, I think it's going on from that is that I think it's more a case, it's not that Pochettino struggles with big teams, with the big occasion and so on and so forth. I think it's more a certain approach from the opposition that he struggles with. And that more, more often than not to me, seems to be when teams are aggressive with us, when they turn the tables on us, when teams really harry, press, and don't give us a quarter, as you know, has become kind of signature of the way we play under Pochettino now. He doesn't seem to be able to, to, to react very well to that. And it was you know, more to the point of what you were making there, Raj, is that like, you know, if, if there is sometimes more that more considered approach against a team like Liverpool, let them tire themselves out, let them run out of ideas. That, I think you called it in your, your article you wrote the other day, the sort of rope-a-dope kind of tactic. Employ that. But it, it just seems to be that, you know, we still go into these games like, well, we're going to be the ones that are going to dictate the tempo. We're going to set the press. We're going to set the intensity. And when we notice that the other team aren't going to stand for that, we suddenly seem to be like, well, what do we do now? And you can just see it. it, 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 it there is a, it does seem to be a, a kind of a mental... It, it just it, it seems yeah it just seems to be a, men, a mental issue whereby the players don't adapt well to that and yeah. I think that is a failing of Pochettino. I think yeah, he I'm, almost I'm not, he almost seems Pochettino as if out, um, 
he almost seems as if he thinks it's a cheap victory to let the yeah. other team beat themselves rather than us being sort of undoubtedly the best team on the park. Sort of, there is there is a degree of pragmatism to be found in those away performances. I'm not saying that he's got to go full Mourinho into Milan away at Barcelona and cynically foul at every opportunity and sort of try and nick a game. But there is a, a balance to be had. It, it, it sort of, he's he seems and he's proven himself to be unwilling to make concessions away from home um, because that directly contradicts the way in which he wants to play football. And I think he needs to, he needs to, you know, find a balance within himself and sort of, you know, accept the fact that maybe if we step off the front foot a little bit more and, and then, you know, later on in a game, the opportunities will happen. Or even if you nick one early on, he should be able to have enough faith in that team with the defence that he's created, that they'll be able to to keep a, a, a team to nil if they're, you know, organised enough, which they, they probably could have gone against that Liverpool team if they'd sat, you know, 10 yards deeper than they were. This is a little tinfoil hat, but we, you know, I, I seem to recall us kind of brushing on it around the time of the, this time last year when we had Dortmund away and we were absolutely flying in the league. Um, and, I mean, I, I know he, he's, there's every case to be made for the fact that he, you know, sacrificed the Europa League and the FA Cup last year because we were doing so well in the league. But I think we were all, and I think at the time we were all very surprised by quite how much he changed the team for that Dortmund away game. And it was almost like, you know, he didn't want to risk that team being outperformed by someone that basically does what he does with Spurs and seeing them lose that confidence within his system, within his tactic, that he did just, you know, that he'd rather see us get, have a second team get spanked than see the first team get spanked by doing that, such as his reticence to actually just get that same first team to play a slightly more conservative fashion. I don't know, but again, that is totally me. Speculating and I don't. I, I I remember agreeing with that at the time. I remember like situationally that made quite a lot of sense, and I wasn't necessarily Jack. You went out to Dortmund, so it's a bit different, you know, to me going to my oh, sofa and watching. You know, it's 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 one of the things. I I think um I don't know. I, I'm I'm the 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 long the further we get away from that Liverpool game, the, the more confusing I find it because I the the one thing forgetting what your reaction is to sort of Liverpool's form and what their strengths are. His left side was really Ben Davis and Hongman Son, and that uh, that is extremely shaky um, against Mane, regardless of how you play. And I just thought that sort of common sense would have dictated, you know, beyond things like hubris and you know what Liverpool, what Liverpool's weaknesses were in in previous games. You, you just think you you got to lock that up a little bit. Um, and I don't know. I just I found it very confusing. I I, I don't know really what to draw from it. I mean, um, I think maybe if there there is an advantage, I think it might have have sort of uh, put a few nails in a few coffins for Tottenham careers, um, because I think one of our problems is that sort of there there, there are the, the the problem with talking about mentality. I think is that sort of that ignores some of the players we have on our side who who are fully capable of performing in those kind of occasions. Like sort of Dele Alli is, is typically far better in not against Liverpool, but typically far better in bigger games than he is, you know, in, in, in against lesser sides. Um 
or at least his level doesn't drop. Whereas you have a few guys who, you know, the errors that they make in the kind of more mundane fixtures get glossed over by sort of the the, the kind of the um, our, our relative technical advantage. Um, whereas against a, a, a better side, a City, a Liverpool, you know, a Chelsea, what have you, um, they get found out a little bit. Um, and I, I think maybe that might kind of, I, I think a penny has dropped with with a couple of um, yeah. with a couple of those guys. Well, at least I'd hope that uh, I'd hope it has anyway. I think <clears throat> the past few games as well are sort of um, it's uh, it doesn't look well for the players that weren't included as well. So sort of a Kevin Wimmer who hasn't you know shown his face since that Man City game where in the first half he was absolutely torn to shred. He's mm. he's now been thoroughly relegated to sort of a second yep. string sort of position. And given that there were there were noises about him wanting to leave or offers being made and Tottenham sort of being slightly reluctant to let that happen and, and you know, Pochettino going as far to say that sort of Cameron Carter Vickers was higher up in his his, you know, his team, you know, structure and whatnot than than Wimmer was. Um, I think he might have to leave now because I I'm I'm not sure Pochettino's a forgiving forgiving enough man to you know, put him back in. Because even though we were playing four at the back at the weekend, he still let Eric Dyer play. Um, mm. And both both Dyer and Alderweireld had rare mistakes in, in the build-up to both goals. Um, I think Alderweireld, you know, uncharacteristically flew out of the line and tried to stop something early for, the, for their first goal and was completely out of position by the time the ball came back in. Um, and Eric Dyer was just. Oh, I didn't actually have a problem with that, Rog. I, I mean, I, I, I it was critical, and it, I mean, I, I understand why you would. I just maybe it's my kind of Alderweire bias uh, and the credit that he's he sort of built up with me. I just thought that uh, he reacted to a broken phase of play, and to be honest, in that situation, I want him. I, okay, if if he misses that challenge, which he did, it causes problems, and it's probably going to end up in a goal, which it did, of course. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just thought sort of it seemed to be more of a product of what we weren't weren't able to do in the middle of the pitch. Um, it's because he was the, 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 course, the thing that annoyed me about it the most was the fact that the when he does that sort of a thing, when he steps out, when he you know um, makes a challenge higher up the field, he's doing it because mm-hmm. it's not a calculated risk. He's doing it because he knows he'll get an advantage from it. But the the challenge he made in the build up to that goal was it wasn't on for a start. He was lunging for it. He was you know uh. he was it was going to have to be a, a world class challenge for for him to make a difference. And the fact that he did miss it and missed it so far and was so far out of position, I think, was negligent. And if you're oh, the, I, if, well, if you're I, the I, I think that's that's too strong. I think you're the, too strong, if you're the mate, senior member a of a back reaction. four. If you're the senior uh. member of a back four, I think you have to play a different game. Um, I I think in that situation he's in a position where he he either tries to affect the ball at that moment or he becomes redundant in the phase. No, um, he doesn't become redundant because if he doesn't fly in and the ball still goes played out, man, yeah, mate, he's, he's still forty he's, yards from his goal, Rod. Right? He's quick I mean, enough he's, to he's get he's back still, and clear it before well, Mane gets not, it. Not not against not against um, someone like Mane. I don't. I mean, generally I'd agree with you. Like most other players in the division, yes, he is quick enough. Um, but I mean. You know, he he Manic, got into a kind of Manic a flew in last minute. It's not as if he was stood there for five minutes. I know, mate, but you got to make those decisions with the basis of what the other team have got in their forward line, don't you? You've got to, you, you, you can't, you can't. I don't know. I, I I didn't have a problem with it. I I just I think that sort of um, the best way of us subduing Liverpool, even at that stage when we one goal down, is to try and stop them at source. And I I'm, I'm 
I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, given sort of the intelligence he displays almost every other week. And 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 I I believe that was kind of the intention rather than the kind of I'm going to make the hero block and expose no, the rest of the side. I don't think that was thinking, but I, I I do think it was a a fatal mistake. Oh, well, without a question, it was a fatal mistake because they scored. But I mean, I um I don't know. I don't have a, such a problem with it. I don't think sort of. I think Aldevaro was. I'm not saying it should placed. be Ungdrod and Quad. I'm just saying, you know. No, no, no I know you're not. Every mate. action I, I just, has I just an equal and opposite reaction, and the reaction to that was the fact that we were one 0 down. Uh, no, two 0 Was it two 0 at end. that point? That was. Oh, that was the second goal. I think. Um, that was the, I thought that was the first one. The the, the Mane sliding. The second one was the weird one bounce with around. The weird, the Reese block and then yeah. the folly and the you know it's all blurred into one big shit performance. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't um. I think also sort of if you are if you are the Alderweireld in that defence, you perhaps uh, the emphasis is becomes on you to change to to I'm not sure what the right word is for it because I don't think our, our defending can have a particularly accurate collective description given how haphazard it was. But I think sort of the emphasis was at least on him to I don't know to play in a way that wasn't necessarily. You know when default. you know in cricket, although I know somehow it's a sport no, you I don't like given cricket. given your background. Uh, it's just your contrarian uh, manner. Um, no, they have. Uh, there's a concept in cricket called a captain's innings, which is sort of you don't. I know, I know what that is. You don't yeah, take a yeah. risk, and you. I think that's sort of the manner that he had to play, and especially with Davies and at left back with Vertonghen out, um, with so many young players around him. The only other member of his, you know, first choice back four was Kyle Walker. Um, I do think that you know maybe there is a case to be made that he isn't as aggressive as he is otherwise because there isn't you know that solidity there that there is with the players that know him better. You know, Vatongan's not automatically going to sort of cover for him because he knows it's his sort of it's there in muscle memory that he's going to step out from time to time. Um, I just think maybe you know you when you're in that sort of a position, you take a little bit less of a risk. And this is obviously, it's, it's a knock-on effect to the fact that they were, they were set up entirely wrong and, it, you know, he, he wouldn't have done it had he been given the correct um, yeah. the correct instructions beforehand. Um, but it's, you know, Lad. it's just one of those things. Um, Sorry to break this one up. Have you uh, just seen the news about Mark Klappenberg? Has he yeah, gone yeah, to yeah. Saudi Arabia, has he? He's having a live press conference. <laughs> Dear. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> should, we, uh, should we go to our Belgian guest? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> well done, Jack. You're presenting the show even when you don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we spoke to, to Stephen, who is a, a Ghent fan and a Tottenham fan, um, about Ghent um, because we're playing them twice in two weeks. So here is Stephen talking about Ghent. Stephen, welcome to Rule the Roost. Thank you very much uh, for coming on. Um, we haven't spoken to many um, Europa League opposition people beforehand. I think we've done Benfica um, and Fiorentina before. Um, and with all due respect, I wouldn't really put Ghent in the same category of club. But since we've got somebody who supports both Spurs and Ghent on the line, then um, it's in rude not to really. Um, yeah, but we've we've actually beaten uh, Valencia, Lyon, and Zenit last year, so I, I I wouldn't be too afraid of Benfica. I I am, however, a bit afraid of what Tottenham can do to us this year. <laughs> so, so are you more more Ghent than Tottenham? Have you got any sort of split no, loyalty? No, I have no idea. 
have no idea today. I'm, I'm quite curious to see what is going to happen during the game. If, if at one point I'm going to fancy uh, one or the other, especially because I'm in the middle of the home crowd, surrounded by all my friends. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite curious to see what's going to happen. So has it, has it been quite uh, since the draws? There been some sort of an internal turmoil that you've been going through, and <laughs> yeah, turmoil is quite quite a hard way of putting it. But yeah, I'm I'm a bit torn uh, between both sides. But in the in the end, I kind of I kind of lose. Eh? If you look at it positively, there's no way of losing for me. Unless like we injure each other's best players and sort of ruin the oh, season no, for no, each no, other. No, you just you just made it worse. <laughs> it was the top. This is all I'm going to think about tonight. I'm like, no, do not touch this one or that one. No, just leave him alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be that's the Tottenham mentality. I think sort of immediately yeah, yeah, jumping yeah, to yeah. the worst possible conclusion. The lads yeah. have been uh, have been giving me a bit of a ribbon recently because I've um, I've been starting to go and watch Huddersfield, um, which is my hometown team, um, and they're on on Touchwood verge of coming up to the Premier League. So they've been sort of saying, "Oh, is this where sort of you've got any sort of um, split loyalty to anything?" It's like, no, I'd, I'd quite happily watch Tottenham beat Huddersfield ten nil twice a season <laughs> as long as town did <laughs> all right for the rest of it um because there's there's sort of no no split in my mind about those two but um how are Ghent doing then in in the league this year they sort of i think they've floated in and oh. out of, of europe and, and stuff yeah very poorly um we've had about two very good seasons the we took our first league title ever um two years ago in our brand new ground so we were really happy about that um, then we went to the Champions League. Um, we had a group with Zenit, Valencia and Lyon and we progressed to the next level. Gave Wolfsburg uh, a run for their money, but they were a bit uh, too strong for us. And then this year we, we, we went in there without, uh, after losing our three key players. Bought about 16 new ones, I think, in the last six months. Um, and it started off really good. It's been really, really, really poor uh, last two months. So we still play the, what we used to be. We used to play a three-five-two, three-four-three. Depends on who we're playing with. Um, and and lots of possession, counter pressing. It's 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 a bit similar to what Poch is doing. Yeah, I was gonna say. It, it is. It is quite. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's similar, but then the tempo and the pace is a bit different. The counter-pressing at Spurs is a lot more... Um, 
frontline pressing where where we tend to press from the midfield and um, defensive midfielders on. So our our forwards have a lot more um, a lot less work than uh, than they have under Poch. But um, all this isn't working. We are still dominating games. We are still having the majority of the possession, but we're, we are creating absolutely zero zip. Yeah. I was um I was actually looking at pictures of your new stadium the other day, just out of curiosity. Um it's sort of it during the day, in the day pictures it, it, it almost looks a bit like some sort of uh industrial office block because of all the the glass faces and everything that it's got. Yeah, and then yeah, at yeah. night it, it somewhat resembles a Las Vegas hotel. Um, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite impressive at night actually when they start. Yeah, doing I much the, prefer the, the night shows shots of it. Yeah, because like it, yeah, it yeah. sort of shines in blue. During the day, it is somewhat unseemly. I don't mean to offend you. Um, no, no, no. But, no, no. It, but it, when, it, you, when you will see it, it's it's quite impressive. When you have to you have to keep in mind that we came from a, a stadium that had about twelve thousand, maybe thirty thousand seats. Yeah, similar to Bond. It was. Yeah, yeah, and it was quite cozy, but it was also ugly. That's we, we can admit <laughs> that now. It took ten years uh, to get planning permission and and money, and then finally some some uh, businessman uh, took took all the risks and built it in about a year, a year and a half. Yeah, uh, and it's quite it's quite impressive when you're in there, especially for us because twenty thousand people in in the UK might might be a very small ground, but it isn't at all in Belgium. It's the probably the most modern. It is the most modern because it's newest too. Yeah, and uh, we're we're really happy. It's, 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 there's no, there's no way of going back. It's, 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 it's opened up lots, lots and lots of possibilities. Oh, yeah, it it, it really a, does create an atmosphere. Just pulled a picture of your your old ground, and it is a, it, yeah. it's a proper throwback. It does look like a sort of a, a non-league stadium that we'd have here, especially is, with that, it is, it is, that yeah. one single tier stand and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's yeah, there's some charm to that. I went to um, an FA Cup game recently away at Rochdale at Spotland and they've got a, a horrible ground but it it's sort of because it is just corrugated iron and and sort of everyone stood on top of each other essentially there is a charm to that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It has quite a nostalgic feel, but we were really tired of the nostalgic feel. Right now we're really <laughs> proud of what we have. So so we're not going back either way. Yeah. Um how come you you um, got to support in Tottenham then? Is it when the influx of Belgian players happened, or was there something no, no, that before no, it's, that? It's about, predated yeah, it's that? about 30, 30, 25 years now. Okay, and what sparked so, that? Um, Lineker scoring at Manu. Okay. No, Lineker assisting. Oh man, it's been a while right now. I can't recall. So that that's the first game because my dad's a, a Manu. Wait, well, he's not a real fan, but he always preferred Manu. Right. And to antagonize him, I always chose um, teams that were beating his. So then that uh, went last well time, for I twenty think, years, was, didn't it? Yeah, it was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, now nineteen eighty nine. I think the last time we we went there and won before we did uh, a few years back. Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember and, that being the first time in the entire time I'd been alive that we'd won at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's why, and then and that was, I think it's Gaza's assisting and Lineker scoring and or the other way around I can't, can't, can't seem to recall right now um and then it, it sparked and then we had we had some of my absolute favorite players ever in in Tottenham um Mido for one I know everybody hates Mido but he when he came to Ghent at 17 years old he was a 
she, she was just incredible. I've not, I've never seen anybody like that in my life. Yeah, they actually she thought. A, um, he, well, he and Zlatan were at Ajax. They they thought that Mido was going to be the better player in the in the. Yeah, he was. He was incredible. The, the the amount of technique he was. We had a a really 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 poor team at the time. He was all all, all by himself in the uh, in 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 front. And he had to hold up the ball, dribble people, give the assists. Tried to get into the into the box to score, and he did all of that on his own. Just all, just incredible for a guy of 17. And then, I, because the because of the legal situation in Belgium, he could just go and um, leave us for free. But being Mido, he he did sign a contract uh, because he felt grateful, and then he explained it to everybody. But he was he was immense, and then it, it, that him going to Tottenham even cemented it even more. And because both teams are quite alike. Um, relative to the league, so we've been seen as the uh, perennial uh, challengers without really challenging. Uh, always going to top four, top five, growing the 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 right way. So no external investment, trying to build, trying to have a youth policy where it's possible, trying to play play with flair, stuff like that. It's it's, it's they're both um, teams and fan bases are very 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 alike actually. Very cynical, always expecting the worst. Uh, like we say, Dr. Tottenham, we have uh, we have the same types of things in Ghent. So every time something important comes about all of us, we, we tend to think about the worst possible scenario. We're never really cocky about winning. Yeah, it sounds, sounds somewhat familiar, yeah. Um, who should um, Tottenham fans be looking out for then um, when we're playing Ghent? Is there, is there anyone that's um, specifically going to be dangerous towards us? Have you got any sort of... Saudi or Mani uh, types that we should be worrying about. Yeah, yeah, we do actually. We have two um, Nigerian wingers, um, uh, Moses Simon and uh, Samuel Kalou. Both of them, the Kalou one is 18 years old. He arrived a few weeks ago and he's really, really impressive. Have not, I've, I've rarely seen somebody um, who thinks as fast as he does. So even if he loses the ball or he gets stripped, or he, he's just always, always on the move, always looking for. For something, making something happen, always very attentive of, of um, the players around him, which we don't have very often in Belgium, because when they come, they leave about uh, six months or one year later to go to rich-ass UK clubs or uh, French or whatever. So, so those two are can be quite dangerous. Our goalie is very good with his hands and with his um, positioning. He's really, really poor with his feet. And then, apart from that, everybody's been substandard this year. So I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be too. I, uh, as a Spurs fan, I'm not worried at all. The Spurs fan of you is not worried. No, the other part is really worried because I'm, I'm coming to Wembley next last week, uh, next week. So I'm really hoping that the, that at least we still get something to play for when we go there. Yeah, is that a, is that going to be a big big occasion for Ghent and Ghent fans? Has everyone sort of been been discussing a, a possible trip to yeah, Wembley yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's seven thousand of us coming over, so you you could you could you could say that's a big thing. Yeah. Is it for a, a considering we are a very small town, that's what we are about two hundred fifty k, and um, almost all our fans are um, local. Yeah. So. Not like Bruch or Underlegt, uh, in that they have fans all over the country. Um, we tend to have very local fans, very loyal fans too, because it's almost always sold out, even when we're playing uh, like crap like we are right now. Yeah. 
So, and yeah, the 7,000 tickets, they just went full, full, full throttle. So everybody's uh, looking forward. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be quite an event too, because when we go out, um, we go out with a bang. Yeah. Um, is it sort of because Spurs have got so many Belgian players and because then it's not just throwaway Belgian players, it's not like we've got you know, Kevin Morales or anything like that. They're, these are prominent you know, starters in the international scene. Um, has sort of the reputation and the popularity of the club been on the rise in the country or sort of is it just something that you discuss purely because your players are there? No, no, no. It's it's been it, they they always, especially around Ghent. I can I cannot really judge the other regions, but uh, around Ghent, there um, there's a very uh, big Spurs fan club. They they always they come with a bus each uh, each home game. They try to go to each away game. There's about I think it's about one thousand members or something like that. So it's it's a club that is when when I go to Ghent, almost always I meet people wearing Tottenham stuff, which is. For you guys, that must be really, really odd. But I always see people with the cockerel somewhere. So, um, and, and a few years back, we were playing Arsenal, and I was watching because Ghent and Tottenham tend to play at the same time a lot. So I was watching on my phone, and then we scored, and I said, "Yeah!" And I saw some guy a few, a few um, blocks further doing exactly the same thing. So <laughs> since then, it's been a joke when I meet him. I would say, so, so there, there are quite a few um, Spurs and Ghent fans. That's good to know. Um, I think my my last question would be: Is it, is it usually is, is if you could have a score prediction? If you if you go for both legs, what? How do you think the first leg is going to play out? How do you think the second leg is going to play out? Um, I'm I'm rooting for a two-one um, Ghent victory today, uh, changed with a three-one victory of Spurs. Spurs going through and winning the cup. That would be the that would be the best result. So you'd rather Spurs win it than Ghent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's that, it, it does. It's in the end, it just just makes sense. Uh, what I'm what I'm hoping to see from Ghent is decent football, because that's that's all I, I I I'm really in for um, these days. I hope they play decent. I hope they don't make a, a fool of themselves. But when you when you consider the cup and 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 the team and the the, the desperation for silverware that we do tend to have as uh, Spurs fans. I'm really rooting for the Europa League this year. I'm, I don't give a. I, I'm not really bothered about FA uh, or League Cup. Um, FA a bit, but, but not being English, it, ha- it doesn't have the same effect on me as it does uh, others. Yeah. I would really, really like us to win the Europa League. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I think any any form of silverware for me would be nice. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I'm yet to see us win a, an FA Cup in my lifetime, so that'd be. Uh, That'd be nice to see uh, sometime yeah, soon yeah, before awesome. before either I die or the world implodes. So <laughs> um, that'd be good. Um, thank you very much for your time, Stephen. I'll let you get no on. Worries, um, and uh, if if Ghent somehow knock us out, then we'll be sure to know who to turn to to blame. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be mocking everybody on Twitter, so <laughs> we'll be probably very easy to find. I'll be the one saying, "Oh, you English, you can't even beat." a two-bob team in, in Belgium. So that's that That will be me. Excellent. I look forward to it. Okay. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much to Stephen. I apologise for forgetting that I'd spoken to you about five minutes before. Uh, but me and Seb were in the middle of a, a very heated Alderweireld debate at the time. And if it weren't for Jack, 
Um, We'd still be doing yeah, it now. I, yeah, the Right, well, let's crack on. <laughs> <laughs> You're a con. <laughs> um, no, uh, Jack's had to go back to work as well. He's been pretending that he's on a work call for like half an hour now. So he's gone back in, having been on some serious business meeting, apparently. Uh, but he's not. He's been listening to us two dickheads uh, chat shit. Um, what have we got? We've got Ghent. And we've got Fulham away, and then we've got Ghent again, and then we'll have a Premier League game. Um, so, what, what? How do you think we should approach this next few days? Is it sort of um, throw out all the kids, or blend the two in, or go full first team for the Ghent games, or you know, how how do you how would you, if you were Pochettino, approach the the sort of the squad rotation in the in the next three games? Uh, ooh, such a difficult answer, a question to answer. I um, I want us to compete think, in both um, in both competitions. I don't want to see, um, I don't want to name players. I think are sort of um, well, actually, to be honest with you, I, I don't see the problem in kind of. No, I, I expect like Jansen to start ahead of Kane at, at least tonight or on Sunday. But you know, we we're in good shape. We've got players that sort of. Uh, Vertonghen is back in full training, Rose is back in training, and Lamella is not far away. So I think you can get away with sort of starting your... your How far away is Rome? Rose, a couple of weeks. Rome. How far away is what? Rome. How far away? You said Lamella's not far away. No, 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 Lamella's back in England. Has been, yeah, has no, been. I was just making a joke. It's a shit dickhead. one, mate. It's a fucking awful joke. Carry on, carry on. We even said on the podcast two weeks carry ago. Carry on! <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I mean, we can debate it. Ultimately, Pochettino's going to do what he's going to do, isn't he? So, um, I, I, either, I, I think we'll know. I don't really know very much Thanks about. Thanks for Gen- listening to Rulers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think we every year we have this conversation, and then every year it's a surprise what he ends up doing, or you know, you see your sort of. I know. He's going to play himself at the back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I. I mean, I don't think we can read too much into Ghent because, um, because uh, it's in Belgium. W- with all due respect, we should be beating them anyway. Um, so, and you know, a, a sort of understrength. There's no such thing as Belgian, is there? Is a language? What is it? Flemish? Yeah, it's kind of weird French. Yeah. Weird French. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nigel yeah. Farage. Yeah, it's just full Brexit. Whatever. Yeah. Um, they don't matter to I, us I anymore. I also got Ghent and Genk mixed up earlier, so. Uh, I've I've been yeah, the internet has corrected me. Let's put it that way. Okay, uh, we've got a few listener questions. Let me uh, pull them up. Did, did I answer adequately? That kind of whatever. Whatever. I weren't listening to be honest, mate. I was just <laughs> I was happy it ended. <laughs> Fuck knows, mate. That's my professional response. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Ollie Wood said, "Would you let Moose Soko fuck you if it meant I didn't read this first? I should have done." <laughs> if it meant that he left the club forever afterwards, would you sleep with Moose Zoko to confirm his transfer? He's got his podcast mixed out there, mate. And he wants uh, it's a question for him. I didn't one. even read it before. Uh, Moose Zoko, in fairness to him, he's sort of quietly getting on with his mate, he's not uh, like there, he's there, been... is, there is no sentence beginning with, in fairness to Moose Zoko. <laughs> no, but like, no, I thought, no, like, no, because he's not, not going to be. Raj, Raj, no, let me Raj. discuss the darkest no. timeline. Um, you know how like he kicked up a fuss and that while he was at Newcastle 
and sort of, you know, was thinking he's a big I am. I've not heard him say that he's, you know, needs to be playing for Real Madrid since he's joined, which is sort of, it's a degree of humility to the man that I wasn't expecting. Um, it's not as if he's been a first team star or anything. He's he sort of, he's been brought on. I mean, you he, know, he probably does. He probably, at the end of games, he probably goes into the mix zone and tries to tell people that, but the journalist's like, mate, you didn't <laughs> we don't, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not quoting you. Get out. Yeah, get, <laughs> get out of the way. I, I want to talk to Ericsson, you know. That's I'm I'm sure he probably is. He's 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 um, Charles and Zogbia, basically. Just you know, definitely should be playing for Real Madrid, just you know can't. Do you remember when um Filken oh, not Filken what's in Jokanir? Filkanir. Filkanir. No, yeah. Uh Jokanir um called Charles and Zogbia Charles Insomnia. Yeah. Um and, and he left the club subsequently. In Zogbia, actually, it's one of the most creative bits of sort of transfer agitation I've seen because in Zogbia pretended to be really offended by it. Um and uh, which he obviously wasn't, but it was just like, no, no, now I've got to leave and go and play for Arsenal. Um kind of kind of reminds me of I I, I Arsene Wenger a few weeks ago was um, quoted as saying that sort of uh, Joey Barton and I suppose by proxy Joey Barton's agent um, have more than on one occasion, on more than one occasion, uh, uh, asked if uh, if Arsene is interested in bringing Joey Barton to the club. <laughs> it was just sort of, he, 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 he told the story as if, you know, six times a season he got that, that phone call in his voicemail saying, you know, seeing that Aaron Ramsey's injured again and Wilshire's not looking too clever in training. Can I uh, come down for a couple of weeks? No, you're right. We'll play Cockerland. Um, speaking of joking here, do you remember his first press conference as Newcastle manager? Uh, what, the sweary one? Yeah, 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 I think his opening thing was, was it Simon Bird or something? Um, you the, the fuck is movie? Simon Bird? <laughs> no, he, goes, he, walks, he sits down and goes, which one are you, Simon Bird? And the guy goes, me. And he goes, you're a cunt. <laughs> hey, brilliant. He, it's, it's my favourite opening to anything ever. Which one are you, him? You're a cunt. It's like, you've not even been here? Oh, joking here. What a man. Mm. And then they rehired him as well, Newcastle. What a fucking Boy. shambles that place is. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get overtaken at league by Huddersfield soon. It'll be funny. Um, Sam Marlow says, what are your thoughts on the naming rights for the White, for White Hart Lane being sold? Oh, it's been a while since this news has come. Has they said who it's going to be? No, well, usually with naming rights, um, in a different career, I actually was involved in a, a naming rights thing. Um, it's quite a protracted process. I I, I don't think um, uh, I think the first stage is to kind of to to formalise what capacity the naming rights are going to be sold. So um, you can do the kind of the um, you know the sort of the the Newcastle approach, which was kind of uh, it, I, they, they call it sort of sports sports direct arena at St James's Park, Park, yeah, which is kind of naming rights light. Um, whether they actually tender the um, the right to properly name the stadium, I don't know. Um, yeah, the, famously at, at Castleford, they play at the Jungle, and it's now known Mendo as Hose. the Menderhoses <laughs> Jungle, <laughs> which is you know nobody what's calls the other, it. Raj, what's the other the, the 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 even more hilarious one that came into Super League this year? It's oh, the um, absolutely fabulous stadium or something like something, that. Uh, uh, to- totally wicked. Yeah, totally yeah. wicked. It's <laughs> <laughs> in Ireland, yeah. The, the, the stadium is now called the, the Totally Wicked Stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's really strong, isn't that? Um, nobody's, nobody's calling it that. 
I'll be very surprised if there's a. If... It was named because um, before it was they actually had sold the um, naming rights beforehand as well. It was called Langtree Park, but it sounds as if that's a you know legitimate name for a stadium. But I think it was like a, a firm of legal solicitors or something okay. like that. If there's another type of solicitors other than those who solicit sex. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's a firm called Langtree, I think. Okay. Um. So they, you know, they got around it that way. But I think we've been joking and calling the new Tottenham Stadium the Dunkin' Donuts Arena. Starbucks time. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens to it. I. Uh, everyone's going to still call it within about six months. I would have thought. I mean, I don't. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, because you have to do it at a relatively early stage. Because of course, if you're going to, if you're going, I mean, it depends how much of the rights you're actually going to sell. But if you're going to go full signage, then that's part of the construction. We'll see what happens with um, with sort of shirt sponsorship and everything. Because I think um, it was sort of leaked previously that Levy's looking for a sort of Emirates style package job mm. where he can sell off the shirt naming rights and the stadium naming rights for a good 10, 15 year period. Yeah. Get the money up front and use that to sort of subsidize. You, uh, give me a psycho new contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some, did you hear the other day that um, Spurs are being linked with Anthony Martial? Can you imagine <laughs> just for a second, Daniel Levy and Ed Woodward on the phone? trying to negotiate or something. Yeah. I feel sorry for Ed Woodward already because Daniel Levy will pull his pants down. Somehow. Somehow there'll be some kind of... Yeah. 10 million up front. There'll, there'll be a clause that like once he's... Had 75 appearances for France. You know. No, no, no. I mean, like, whatever he does, there'll be something like, you know, a clause in there that Ed Woodward misses because he's <laughs> totally inept at his job. You know, the first time Anthony Martial used the toilet at New White Hart Lane, you owe us 10 million yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And you'll leave his there snatching. Don't lie, he's page done it. He's just on a shit, that, You know, he just thinks, oh, it's a normal contract, normal contract. And, and Levy's just byroed a, uh, an addendum in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which I love. I, I, the thing I floated on Twitter the other day is that there'll be a Moose Soko Anthony Martial switch, straight swap deal, uh, like for like <laughs> in the summer. Um that Edward Wood will uh, will buy into because it's a Real Madrid de- class player that they're getting in. Just game. keep showing him. Just keep showing him the footage from uh, Euro 2016. Euro 2016. Yeah, yeah. Mate, he's really, really good player. Like, he's great first touch, good awareness, super attitude. Yeah. Um, what would be your dream sponsor? Like, if you had to sell it to some company, who would you? What would you want White Island to be called? Because obviously the best case scenario is that it's called White Island, right. but in the world we live in, it's it's not going to mm, be. There isn't a dream scenario. Just call it. I'm, whatever happens, I'm going to call it White Island. Is there not anyway. like a? So is there not like a a, a a um a company that you're like attached to at all? Do you not want it to be Deliveroo Dome or something like that? No, no, I don't think so. I, I am fond of delivery, definitely, but no, no, there's no. I I don't have um, I don't. Yeah, naming rights deals don't don't occupy much of my aspiration, mate. Oh, Call me unimaginative, but you no, know, I just um, no. Yeah. Well, right. what I do, does, does that called... mean that you do have a a, a dream tie-up? N- no, not not really, unless <laughs> it's going to be called like the the Yorkshire Tea Arena or something. Then I'm not particularly fussed. No, um, we're all going to call it White Hart Lane anyway, so. Yeah, it's in the same fucking place. Yeah, no it is not to. about. Yeah, 
a hundred meters difference. So yeah. Um, um, Ollie Lister says, "Is our away form that bad, or have we met expectations with games played so far?" A uh, bit of both. Uh, yeah, eight seasons whole. I mean, there's a fine there's a fine line between being fucking Burnley and actually winning yeah, some yeah, games. Yeah. No, we we've more than met expectations. We have had a very good season, but I, I think that um, uh, we've reached a point now where some of the things that irritated us over the summer and some of the inertia are catching up with us. Um, and okay, uh, for a long time we all hoped and pretended that it wasn't going to happen, but it kind of is now. Um, all it took really were, were 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 two injuries at the same time, and mm, looks like a different side. Um, but you know, players are back, so move on. Um, Tom Find says, um, as a pure fan, do you prefer, as a pure fan, it sounds as if like there's some half-blood fan right. out there, who's mm. some sort of elitism, but we'll, we'll let that pass, Tom. Um, do, do you prefer Hugo's I'm not mad, I'm disappointed style of captaincy, or Michael Dawson's shows of passion? Uh, Lloris. Uh, yeah. Every day of the week, Lloris. Like, he doesn't say bounce back half as much. Although I did enjoy uh, the period of time that Michael Dawson was our captain. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I've got a lot of time for Michael Dawson, but unfortunately for him, uh, he like all the sort of the the intangibles he's associated with have come, kind of been um, have have been stolen by Tim Sherwood, um, <laughs> and so it's kind of unfairly tainted him. But Lloris, because Lloris is, um, I've always, I'll always, I, I, I I'm not really. Um, I'm not really bothered about things like captaincy, um, other than you know when it was Ledley King. Um, but it's um, I, I kind of like the 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 lead by example style generally, um, and I, I I always like the just... Ledley was like that as well. It's not Ledley, like Ledley was, wasn't uh... really a screamer. Um, he did a little bit of it occasionally, like after a goal had been scored against us. But generally, it was a sort of I'm playing really well, you should too. That was the captaincy, um, and yeah, I prefer that. Um, let's vet these questions on the fly. Uh, have we become too predictable in attack? If you think so, should out and out wingers like Nikudu have more opportunity to play? That's from Spurs fan Simon. Uh, really doesn't like Nkudu. Uh, I don't understand this. Like, are we just going to buy a different French winger every year and then like pass him off again the next year? And G's gone. Nakudu, he seems to get on well with everyone. Nakudu, like, whenever you see an interview with a player, they'll always bring him up as being yeah. like a happy lad around the place. But he had a couple of good sort of cameos where he skinned a few people and he's done a few good things. But I'm not sure why he's not. I suppose gone on at... you have to sort of. Um... You, I, I, yeah, I, I suppose you have to defer to the management's judgment, manager's judgment, because we've seen so little of Nkudu. He sees him every day in training, quite obviously from the things Poch has said in press conferences and after games. And whenever he's been asked about Nkudu, I, I mean, I, he, he seems lukewarm. Um, he uses phrases like, you know, can't be successful with every transfer and <laughs> stuff like that, which is <laughs> kind of revealing, but. I don't know. I, no, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I, I don't think we're predictable. I just, I, 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 we, we just have very limited resources. You know, we teams facing us know exactly what they'll face, and so yes, that is a form of being predictable. But um, I suppose any other players that came in would be obliged to play in roughly the same way anyway. So I suppose, yeah. 
it's the ideology that you're questioning rather than necessarily whether the team is dexterous enough. Okay, we've got two more. Okay. Uh, the penultimate one I'll give to Mark Lynch, who says, um, what do you think of Ari Maguire as a potential signing? He looks a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. with the ball than women, but good enough. No, Ari no, Maguire no. still looks like a kid. No, he, he, know, he's, he's got like a right puppy fat on his face. He does, he's loads of fun, Harry Maguire. I watched him, at, um, watched him play Chelsea at Stamford Bridge a couple of weeks ago. He's a lad from uh, Sheffield United. He, he is the one that played against us a few years ago. Um, uh, and you know, very, very serviceable defender, very strong, very ambitious with the ball. He doesn't have the kind of like I know you see him moving forward a lot, but in person he doesn't have the kind of finesse of a Vatongan. He's like watching a boulder run downhill. It just oil tanker. Yeah, with that, with the brakes are being cut, it just keeps going. It gets quicker and quicker and quicker, and no one's really sure what's going to happen, but it just keeps on going. Um, and I, I, I'm not totally sure he's a good enough defender either yet. Maybe, maybe, but I'm sure I, Tina Turner sort of wrote a song about that, didn't you? Um, uh, maybe. Proud Mary. Not, not really. Sound a like Tina. you were quoting Proud Mary. No, no, I'm not. You're not, not a Tina Turner fan. No, not really. Jesus Christ. Um, stylish riot in our last question. Um, have you never been out and like the last song of a night out's been Proud Mary? Yeah, but mate, that doesn't that doesn't make me a Tina Turner fan. Like, I've been no, out. But how, how has that not converted you? Um, I don't know, mate. It just it's one of those joyous songs ever. She's absolutely fantastic. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll get over this. Give you on earth the uh, weird little fan fetish thing of yours. That's I, I'm fairly sure that most people who like music or joy in any capacity enjoy the odd Tina Turner. Yeah, but song. that's I wouldn't say that that constitutes being a fan. I quite like. All right, um... Ike, shut up. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> stylish riot. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Stylish riot um, says um, he says I have a dilemma and I need uh, learned people to help me decide. Um, I share a season ticket with my dad. With my dad, I don't know why that came out weird. Uh, we have agreed that one of us will go to the Arsenal game and one of us will go to the United game. Which should I campaign to go to? Obviously, the that's, Arsenal game is the last derby. That's not. A... No, it's the last. No, but it's the last derby at the no, ground saying, or mate. the last ever game at the derby. No, 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 mate, derby, derby. Always so derby. You, uh, even, though, even after the last ever competitive game no, to ever be played derby. at Wildland. No, derby, Because initially when I read it, I thought obviously derby, no, but then still I me. twigged that United's the last ever game. Um, I would lean towards the derby, but there is every chance that that would be a you know, a heartbreaking occasion and you don't want yeah, that to. Yeah, but it's the derby, as a, as a fixture, it's entirely different to every other game of the year. Like, a while lane, I the atmosphere, well it's, just, it's just a different occasion. Um, what I would say as well is that knowing Tottenham, whichever game you do choose, will be the <laughs> game that you miss. So you have to decide now which game you would rather win and go to the other one. Uh, <laughs> because um, that's the way the world works. Uh, Derby, go Derby. I would go to the United game oh, because nice. then I'd know that they'd at least win the Derby. <laughs> <laughs> I... You take one for the team. Yeah, I like that. Yes, I well would. done, Rod. I mean, you know, I'm a selfless. You man. are a you're a team player. Well, good for you. It sounds like I'm starting a fucking work appraisal. You're a team player, Raj. Well done. I'm gonna give you a ten for effort. Um, How would you uh, rate is... yourself out of five in the following categories? That's when I walk out of the room. That's why I'm unable to work for yeah. anybody that isn't myself. Yeah. Um, right, so I think that we've we've done that then. 
Um, no else to say. We've got three shit games coming up before a decent one. Um, we're on TV, aren't we, on Sunday for Fulham game? So uh, maybe, yeah. I think so. Um, I've I've seen this in BTVTs that have been going out, so I imagine so. Uh, thank you to to Stephen for coming on. Uh, congratulations again to Jack. Commiserations to Charlotte. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we'll we'll speak to you at next week at some point. I imagine. Um, you got anything else to add? To oh fuck! I've got to say like website and that. Don't you got to do that. Thank um, you. If you like that. Yeah, websites. Rollers. No, what is the website? rtrpod.com. Can't believe we're still struggling <laughs> with this. <laughs> the uh, Twitter is rtr underscore pod. Um, we're on iTunes, which you should comment on and say that we're fantastic and the best podcast that's ever been. Well, no, it's ever. To say what you like, but just give us five stars. Yeah, give us five stars. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we're on Acast as well, which Jack mm. seems to like. Mm. What was that? No, no, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, well done with the outro. That's, that was that noise. Okay, that was, was a, just a sort of generic appreciative noise. <laughs> Smooth. Well done. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you get back on to listening to Bob Marley and pretending to work. Yeah, mate, thank Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.